Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Selling Greenville, your favorite real estate podcast here in Greenville, South Carolina. I'm your host, as always, Sam Nakun, realtor right here in the Greenville market. You can find all of my contact information in the show notes for any of your real estate needs. Just reach out to me uh, via text, via phone call, via email, DM, whatever is easiest for you. And just a reminder, as always, please subscribe to the show if you enjoy it. Please leave a nice five-star rating on the Spotify and or Apple Podcast app. Um, and please also just, if you have a moment to leave, to type up a short little review, I'd appreciate that as well. Um, those two apps that I mentioned, uh, I believe both have the capabilities of accepting reviews. I know for sure Apple Podcast does, and that's what the vast majority of my listeners are using. So if you don't mind, just go to the show page, scroll down a little bit, you will see an option to hit five stars and to leave a review, and I would greatly appreciate that. Um, I hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving. Um, it was a good one for me. I uh, resisted going back for seconds uh, for the first time because I did not want to uh, overeat because that has been a struggle for me in previous Thanksgivings. Um, but I hope that uh, that you all had a great uh, holiday with your uh, family and or friends and or just alone. Um, it was a good one for me. Uh, but I'm glad to be back in the saddle here working. Um, I had a really nice uh, first day back because I was without internet for basically the entire week of Thanksgiving. I was able to still kind of make things work with my phone. Um, but uh, but let's just be honest. I am glad to have internet again and be back in the saddle and recording uh, this episode for you guys after the Thanksgiving holiday. So um, a few weeks ago, I received a listener request to because uh, a lot of my listeners are I basically have three groups of listeners, right? There's my listeners that are just kind of interested in just uh, my content because they're friends with me um, or family or whatever the case may be. They're not super interested as much in the real estate part of it, but they're just interested in my content. So I have that. Um, I have a lot of investor clients or just people that are interested in investing in real estate that perhaps are not my clients. Maybe they have... Uh, relationships with other realtors or whatever the case may be that listen to my content. Um, and then a lot of my listeners are also from uh, out of state that are interested in moving here and that just want to learn about the Greenville real estate market. Maybe not even out of state, in some cases just out of market, perhaps moving here from uh, from the low country of South Carolina or what have you. Uh, but I received a listener request from an out of state listener um, one of the many that I have that's potentially moving to Greenville um, that had a really great idea that I should kind of preview the different areas of Greenville, which, you know, when you compile all of my podcasts together, I kind of do this in a variety of different ways. But when I thought about it, I've never really had a podcast where I have just talked about the different areas of Greenville, the different neighborhoods of Greenville and just kind of previewed them, given an overview of them to someone uh, operating under the assumption of uh, someone, uh, or looking through the lens, let me say it this way, looking through the lens of someone that has never been here. And so I decided to to go ahead and attempt to do that. And uh, it seemed like a pretty simple request at first, but when I really started thinking about it, I realized that it's actually kind of challenging to describe these entire uh, subregions or areas or neighborhoods of Greenville, um, and and what's interesting is what makes it difficult is that Greenville is actually a small market, relatively speaking. 
So when you get into like big markets like Atlanta, you've got like major neighborhoods like Buckhead or you've got Midtown. Um, you go to you know New York City, you've got you know I don't know Flatiron District, you've got Financial District, Upper East Side, um, all all these different things. Um, Greenville doesn't really have a lot of neighborhoods that you can just slap a label like that on. I mean, some people would debate whether we even have a midtown, right? We I, we do have a midtown, but like nobody calls it that. Nobody's like, well, I'm in midtown. I'm going to midtown Greenville right now. Like it just all kind of blends in together. Um, locally here, we will throw out things like saying, well, I'm going to the west side of Greenville today. And like people know what what you mean, basically. Or you might say, I'm going to the east side of Greenville. People basically have an understanding of, of locally of what you're saying. But when you try to, to, to define these areas for the purposes of someone that has never been here, it's, it's actually kind of, kind of difficult. Um, but I did my best, and hopefully you guys will like the result. I think even for my listeners that um, are very familiar with Greenville, I think that you'll find some, some of the uh, numbers that I have in here because I, I actually um, analyzed some of the sales numbers for some of these areas. I think at the very least that you'll find that interesting, um, even if you're very familiar with all of these areas. But anyway, uh, aside from that, um, ultimately what I tried to do is I tried to group together neighborhoods that were generally speaking in the same area geographically um, and also had homes that were similar in size, age, and price. Now, like I said, this is honestly a lot more difficult than you would think um, and there's a, a huge degree of subjectivity here. Um, and for the purposes of time, because I tried to keep this podcast to roughly 30 minutes, um, I did had, have to lump some neighborhoods, some areas together that some may argue, okay, those, are, those should not be lumped together. And if you feel that way, um, I apologize. I'm doing the best that I can here with the time that I'm given. I, I can't break out every single little pocket of Greenville. It would take me uh, several episodes to do that. And ultimately, I just don't think it would be that helpful to the casual listener. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and, and offer that caveat to start. I'm also going to offer this caveat. I have to be very careful with some of this content that I put out there because of steering laws. Um, realtors have a bad history of steering people away from, uh, quote-unquote, bad neighborhoods into good ones. Um, that is a violation of everything that we're supposed to do in real estate. Um, we're not supposed to steer people away from uh, certain neighborhoods with certain demographics into others. That's that's not our job. Um, if you are looking to buy in a neighborhood with that's a certain demographic, that is your prerogative. Um, but I cannot direct you in that way, if that makes any sense. And as such, um, I have to be very careful with discussing uh, school zones. I can't be like, okay, yeah, this is a bad school zone. Nope, that's a violation of steering laws. Um, I can't discuss crime rates. Actually, uh, my, my brokerage tells us not to research crime rates. Um, so I don't. I don't look at crime statistics or anything like that. That's a liability. Um, but the good news is that all of these things are available for you in the public domain. Greatschools.com, I believe, um, has some great resources on schools. Actually, Greenville County publishes a lot of great information um, about graduation rates, literacy rates, all sorts of different things broken out by the different schools. Um, you can obviously get a lot of information on crime statistics from the sheriff's department, look up registered sex offenders online, all of these things. I recommend that you do all of those things, 
but I will not be able to do those for you because uh, because I have to uh, practice fair housing. That's part of what I agreed to when I agreed to uh, become a realtor. So I hope you guys understand that. That said, um, you know there are some objective things that I can say. For instance, if there are schools that have won awards, award-winning schools, I I, I feel like that's that's fair to say. Um, but I will caveat that um, there are a lot of great schools in Greenville. There, there really aren't that many bad schools, in my opinion, at the end of the day uh, in Greenville County. Uh, there's a lot of great ones that haven't won awards, but they are still very, very good schools. Schools that people specifically come to me and they're like, I, I want my kid to go to that school. And it doesn't have any notoriety, uh, but it's just a good school. Um, and so you should know that just because a school hasn't won awards doesn't mean it's a bad school. Uh, do your own research. Uh, a lot of information, like I said, is out there in the public domain. Okay, <clears throat> excuse me. All right, with all that said, we're just going to jump right in. And I'm going to start with the most obvious thing, right? The hub of the wheel, downtown Greenville. And I'm going to lump all of downtown Greenville together into one big thing. I'm not going to break out downtown Greenville into different areas. We're just going to talk about downtown Greenville, basically that area uh, around uh, the river, the Reedy River. Um, and, you know, around Main Street, all of that. This is what I'm going to consider to be downtown Greenville. 29601 zip code. How about that? Anything in 29601 zip code. Uh, downtown Greenville, if, if you're not familiar with it, you should think about it as mostly condos and townhomes. Um, the vast majority of residential construction is going to be condos and townhomes. They converted almost all of the single-family detached houses into commercial, mostly attorney's offices, uh, which to me is very sad, uh, but that's what they did. That's how the, the city makes the most money. At the end of the day, is with commercial real estate, not so much with residential, um, and that was the, the decision that they made. Um, there are still some occasional houses that are still on that 29601 downtown zip code, uh, but they are normally in a historic district, which isn't a problem. I mean, those historic districts are really nice. Um, but obviously, there are restrictions when you live in a historic district, um, and the city is a lot pickier uh, about some things. So that's just something to keep in mind. Outside of the historic district, you're pretty much living in a condo or a townhome, um, and that's just the way it is. Um, now, there are some nice areas just outside of downtown Greenville that, that do have nice houses for sale, such as North Main or Cleveland Forest. Uh, but those aren't exactly walkable to downtown, um, and not in my opinion. Um, unless by walkable, you mean like a 30-plus minute walk. To me, I consider uh, most of those residential areas that have houses to be more bikeable to downtown Greenville. Most people are not going to be walking from North Main, from the North Main neighborhood, down into uh, downtown Greenville. It's just it's it's would just be a long walk, heavy traffic along the way. Uh, in terms of car traffic. Um, so most people, uh, unfortunately, if you want to be walkable within downtown Greenville, you're pretty much going to be in a condo or perhaps one of those houses in a historic district that's maybe about 10 minutes away from uh, from Main Street, a 10-minute walk away from Main Street. Um, obviously, parks um, in and near downtown Greenville are second to none. I mean, not just for this area, but for the entire state of South Carolina, not just for the entire state of South Carolina, but for the entire U.S. I mean, this is undisputable, uh, particularly Falls Park, Cleveland Park. 
these uh, and and you know there are a lot of parks you know around them as well. These are some of the nicest parks, particularly Falls Park, obviously in in the U.S. It gets national uh, notoriety constantly, um, constantly being referenced uh, in various publications, uh, constantly getting awards. So obviously, from that standpoint, downtown Greenville is incredibly unique. Um, but the type of housing that you have available in downtown Greenville is not not particularly unique. Um, now. If you're listening to this and you're not familiar with these areas, you might benefit from actually pulling uh, pulling up, you know, Google Maps or something like that. I'm going to be referencing some specific uh, areas on there, and I tried to make it to where you could look on Google Maps and kind of identify these areas pretty quickly. All right, so as you pull away from downtown Greenville, the different urban and suburban areas each really have a different feel to them, and so I tried to encapsulate that. As, as much as I could into how I split up these areas. Again, some of you are, are probably going to listen and be like, yeah, I wouldn't have included that neighborhood into this area, whatever. Um, again, I, I had to do what I had to do. Um, but near downtown, but reasonably priced, um, West Greenville and the bordering areas, we're, we're just going to loosely call this West Greenville, but it's really locals wouldn't consider all of this West Greenville. So we'll just say West Greenville in the bordering areas, um, such as Sterling, Sullivan, Deneen Mill, Judson Mill, Welcome, City View, San Suchi, Poe Mill, Berea, and Cherrydale. Again, huge area. All of these that are kind of on that west of downtown Greenville side of town. Um, and these are all obviously very different in a lot of ways. I mean, that's a lot of neighborhoods I just rattled off. Um, for instance, in parts of West Greenville proper, like if you're looking at Google Maps where it says West Greenville, um, it all, and also parts of like Southern Side, um, areas that are near Unity Park, you'll find some very, very expensive new development. Obviously, that's some of the most valuable dirt in South Carolina there, right there around uh, Unity Park. Um, when you're in Deneen and Judson, on the other hand, you're going to see tons of 70 to 80 plus year old mill houses. Um, remember, uh, if, if you don't know, Greenville used to be a mill town. Textile mills was like the big thing in Greenville. So there are all these little mill villages and Deneen and Judson are, uh, are two of them. And there's a, a ton of them out there on the West side. Um, on, whereas on the flip side, you go to Berea, which again, I'm lumping in with all of this. You'll see 40 to 50 year old brick ranches, some newer development, some apartments, um, and everything in between. So these are all kind of on the west side of Greenville, but at the same time, they're all uh, very different uh, little areas in general. However, they do share some things in common besides just geographically being west of downtown Greenville. For starters, these areas were all generally speaking built with the working class of Greenville in mind. And in many ways, that identity remains to this day. I would like to point out, however, that the working class when, you know, for instance, these mill houses were built, they were blue collar. They were people working at the mill, hence the mill houses. Um, and right now the economy in Greenville is, uh, the, the vast majority is white collar. We are a white collar economy in Greenville. A lot of people don't realize that. A lot of people still consider Greenville blue collar. It is not. Um, it is very much a uh, white collar economy here in Greenville. And um, so when you think of working class, you shouldn't necessarily be thinking blue collar. That's, that's where I'm going with that. Um, so as such, as such, from the standpoint of 
why these were built, why these areas were built primarily to be for the working class, um, you'll find that this is th this area, this west side of Greenville and all of these little neighborhoods uh, around it are some of the areas where you can still find reasonably priced, ho priced housing that is close to downtown Greenville. Uh, of course, some of these will be fixer-uppers, uh, but it's still an opportunity to be pretty close to the action, pretty close to downtown. Um, and, and I should mention as well, the main Greenville hospitals are somewhat in this area. Um, and so you can be kind of near all of that without paying out the nose like you do in downtown Greenville. Um, so what does that mean in terms of price point? Well, I have that information for you. The median price uh, the past year for this area was $235,000, at least when I pulled this data, which was uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, so the median price the past year for this west side of Greenville area was $235,000 with a low of 68000 which is for sure, I would assume, a, a fixer-upper, and a high of $699,000, all right? Um, so that gives you an idea of what pricing uh, you can kind of generally expect to find in West Greenville. How does that compare to Greenville as a whole? Well, we talked about this uh, last week, but right now Greenville is, the median price point is hovering between $300,000 and $315,000. So this is well below the median for Greenville as a whole. Another thing that's, that's um, kind of a unifying element of these areas is that there's a lot of transformation happening in these areas. A lot of homes being flipped, a lot of properties that were kind of dilapidated rentals that are being sold and being rehabbed, um, in some cases being just torn down altogether, new construction popping up. So there's a lot of transformation happening in these areas. Um, I would mention as well, these areas, I, I wouldn't consider them particularly walkable unless you're, you're near kind of that Unity Park um, area. Um, well, actually, I kind of jumped ahead of myself. They're not particularly walkable, and there aren't a lot of parks or things to do in them in general with three very noteworthy exceptions. Um, and, and there's probably a few other exceptions if, if I really think about it, but there are three that really stand out off the top of my head. The first is the Swamp Rabbit Trail. This is a, a very nice level paved bike trail that goes from the north side of Greenville all the way down to the south side of Greenville County. Um, and it cuts straight through the heart of all of these areas. It follows uh, the Reedy River and it just goes straight through West Greenville. So obviously the Swamp Rabbit Trail is a great thing to do. Uh, very popular uh, thing right now and, and it's brought a lot of growth and development to this area. Um, secondly, what stands out is, of course, Unity Park. I mentioned this. This is a, a park that was just built the past couple of years. Um, it's incredible. Uh, it, you absolutely have to go to Unity Park. Super unique, the way they combine the landscape, um, put you know, a huge bridge in there that, com that uh, is all connected with the Swamp Rabbit Trail. There's places to eat, do yoga, um, I think maybe CrossFit. I don't know. There's a, a whole bunch of stuff to do right in that area. It's super cool, um, and, it, and it's a great thing to do. And as well in this area, it, we have the village of West Greenville, which is a, a, almost like its own little main street, um, but it has some neat little shops, breweries, some art, uh, little art uh, art places, uh, art galleries, that's the word I'm looking for, sorry. Um, so some neat little things to do. So those are kind of the main things to do, but when you're in the middle of like Deneen or Judson or whatever, there's not it's not like it's a, a neighborhood with, with a ton of of stuff to do. So you should just be aware of that. You you have to go to some of these areas that are nearby um, 
And, of course, downtown Greenville is fairly nearby as well. I'd also mention that there aren't very many grocery stores around here. Um, although there are a higher than normal number of ethnic grocery stores. If, if you are looking for ethnic grocery stores, um, Asian, Middle Eastern, uh, Hispanic, uh, there is all sorts of really cool ethnic grocery stores. Um, and, of course, there is the occasional Walmart uh, nearby. All right. Now, if you have a larger budget, um, there are some similar neighborhoods south and southeast of downtown that have more expensive homes, but that are still fairly reasonable overall. And so I'm lumping together Nickeltown, Eastover, and Pleasant Valley together, um, which are all, like I said, south and kind of southeast of downtown Greenville. Now, these areas are usually more expensive uh, because they're surrounded by some of the most expensive homes in all of Greenville, but they also have more of a convenience to grocery stores, home improvement stores, um, some of the well-known restaurants in, in Greenville, than some of the areas that I just mentioned. You also have proximity to Cleveland Park, multiple country clubs. Um, the Again, the Swamp Rabbit Trail cuts through this area. You have easy access to that, which you can then ride straight into downtown Greenville, um, which is not very far at all from this area from, from a bike ride standpoint. You, you would not be, generally speaking, you're not going to be walking from here into downtown Greenville, again, unless you're you're willing to walk 30, 30 to 45 minutes. Um and 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 are you know uh, are able to kind of wind because depending on like if you're in Pleasant Valley for instance you you would have to just to get to a major uh, sidewalk to take you into downtown Greenville would take you quite some time so so just be aware of that you're not walking to downtown Greenville generally speaking from these areas um, but they're but they're still pretty close to the action bike ride short drive uh, will will get you there maybe even a Segway if you're into Segways. These are often um, smaller homes. The, the majority are going to be less than 1,500 square feet. And a, a large portion of them are, are going to be less than even 1,000 square feet. So these are a lot of, uh, of two-bedroom homes, uh, some small three-bedroom homes. Not very many uh, that are going to be larger than, than three bedrooms. Now, I had to separate these areas out because they're definitely unique from the others in that kind of Cleveland Park, Greenville Country Club, Augusta Road area. But this is by far the smallest area and fewest number of houses of any area that I'm going to discuss on this podcast. Um, with these neighborhoods, Nickeltown, Eastover, Pleasant Valley, um, only 70 homes sold the past year in this area. That's well below any of the other areas that, I, that I'm that i going to analyze in this podcast. This is a, a relatively small area uh, by Greenville standards. Uh, the median price point for these areas was very close to the Greenville medium. It was 320000 just a tad above the Greenville medium median, um, and that had a low of 115000 and a high of $995,000. Now, as I mentioned, if your budget is substantially higher, um, just outside of these neighborhoods are some of the most expensive neighborhoods in all of Greenville. You've got the Augusta Road, Cleveland Park, Cleveland Forest, Parkins Mill, uh, Gower areas uh, that are all in this general uh, vicinity and all offer uh, really some of the most exclusive housing in all of Greenville. Some newer construction and some just old stately homes. Um, there are some award-winning schools in this area as well. Um, although, as I've already mentioned, Greenville has a lot of great schools that don't win awards. Um, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of more time because I've already discussed you've got Cleveland Park nearby, you've got downtown Greenville not very far, you've got uh, country clubs nearby, um, it, kind of all of the same perks 
as the neighborhoods that I just mentioned, the the Pleasant Valley, Eastover, Nickeltown neighborhoods, except that this is just that these areas, Augusta Road, Cleveland Park, Cleveland Forest, Parkins Mill, are just more expensive homes. The median for those areas uh, the past year was 575000 with a low of 150000 and a high of $2.5 million. So much more expensive housing than what you find in, in some of those other neighborhoods that are basically just bordering them. Now, if we look um, at the uh, north and a little bit east of downtown, we have North Main and Overbrook areas. Um, These neighborhoods are very similar and very different at the same time. In fact, going into this exercise, I would have never thought to lump them together, but it it did make sense in some ways for me to lump North Main and Overbrook together. Um, And if you're looking at a map, North Main is, uh, is... what it is it's it's you've got main street and as you go up north uh eventually it becomes this neighborhood called north main overbrook is like i said just east of downtown along east north street stone avenue kind of uh that area um the main things that are similar about these neighborhoods obviously is their proximity and access to downtown greenville um some of these other areas that i've mentioned do have access to downtown Greenville, but it's more winding access, right? There's not, as I already mentioned, it might take you several miles just to get to a sidewalk that takes you directly into downtown Greenville. Whereas North Main and Overbrook, they both have very direct access into downtown. If you're if you live in either of those areas, you get on a uh, you get on a bike, you get in a vehicle. It's not going to be very long at all because you're going to. Uh, be able to drive straight into downtown Greenville. Um, I will mention, though, North Main is substantially more pedestrian and bike-friendly than Overbrook. Substantially. Really, North North Main is a neighborhood. Overbrook, I would not consider a neighborhood. Overbrook, and I'm kind of jumping ahead of myself a little bit, but Overbrook is uh, a lot more, it's, it's a, a blending of a lot of different things. Um, including a heavy commercial type of presence because you've got some major streets going through it. North Main is is like an actual neighborhood. You, you drive in it, and you feel like you're in a neighborhood. In Overbrook, you there are neighborhoods in it, but it is more just a general label for a geographic uh, area, just in general. Um, now, these areas have some very nice and often very expensive houses in them. But you'll also see a lot of rental properties and homes that are just being sat on in a state of disarray. It's really sad for me when I sometimes drive through North Main and I see a house that is, you know, is just sitting there that nobody has done any, nobody's lived in or done anything to it in a very, very long time. And it's just like you see million-dollar houses all around it. And then here's this one house that clearly someone is just, you know, just paying the property, a, a tiny property tax bill every year, and they're just sitting on it uh, and eventually going to do probably sell it, you know, when times get tough or whatever. Maybe pass it on to their heirs or something like that, and then they have to decide. I don't know. Um, but uh, but you will see that. Um, the median for these areas was 409000 with a low of 173,000 and a high of 1.46 million. So this is more expensive uh, than average for Greenville, um, but not nearly as high as those areas, the Cleveland Forest, Parkins Mill, those areas that we just mentioned. Um, But like I said, these areas are extremely close to downtown Greenville. If you want to live close to downtown Greenville, um, 
this is you can't really get much closer than this and still own an actual house so uh very desirable areas obviously as we go up further from downtown greenville things obviously get more suburban north and of the north main area is what i would loosely call there's not really a a, a way to describe it um there's not like a, a single term that encapsulates this area but i'm gonna loosely call it uh, the Wade Hampton slash Paris Mountain slash Furman University area of Greenville. Probably most, probably locals would generally call it the Furman area of Greenville uh, because Furman University is close to that area. But um, to me, that doesn't completely encapsulate it. And and this is very personal for me because I live in this area. And it's like, I, I'm pretty close to Furman, but it's like Furman's not like right outside my window. I don't like feel like I'm close to Furman at all. Um, but, um, nonetheless, that's the area that we have. Now, loosely speaking, this is, if you, if you're looking on Google maps, this is the area just directly south of Paris Mountain State Park, um, and in between Wade Hampton Boulevard and Highway 276, at least that's how I'm defining this area. Um, now Paris Martin, Paris Mountain, Paris Martin, well, I don't know where that came from. Paris Mountain is our main state park in Greenville. So that's obviously quite nearby and very accessible. Um, lots of great trails, biking, hiking, um, cool lakes in the area. Um, so you can uh, go out and grill. You can have parties. Um, so that's really the main state park in Greenville. So that's very accessible, um, and and it's a big draw for this area. Um, as I already mentioned, this is the area that I live in, so I know it very well. Um, and it, it's really incredible the mix of housing that you'll see. Uh, trailer parks, apartments, small houses, big houses, um, old houses, some newer houses, but mostly mostly old houses. Um, my house is uh, like a 50-something-year-old house that was remodeled a few years ago, um, and there's a lot of those in this area. Um, there are some neighborhoods with newer construction, but most of, of these houses are, like I said, older. And and what's interesting is as I've gotten to know some of the people in this area is that a lot of these people have owned these homes for 30, 40 years. There's a lot of, uh, a, a lot of old uh, home ownership in this area, people that just aren't leaving. Um, and I, I think that's cool. I've got, I've got no problem with that. I, I experienced that uh, when I lived on the east side of Greenville. It was kind of we, we saw some similar things. Um, and, and, and there's a, a very, I should say, there's, there's a reason for that, right? Um, one thing that's similar about this area in Eastside Greenville is that with these older homes, the lots tend to be larger. So people don't want to leave their larger lots to, to go to a newer construction that has a smaller lot. So I think that's why you typically see people not leave some of these areas. Now, the closer you get to Paris Mountain, the more you start to see elevation gain in the foothills. Um, and some areas that have some really fantastic mountain views. I really love that. I'm, I'm a sucker for a good mountain view. You can actually see some good mountain views in some parts of Berea as well, but it's not as common. Um, but um, but in, in this area where you're right near Paris Mountain, I mean, sometimes you just round a corner and it's like, whoa, there's the mountain right there. It's super cool. Um, and, and there can be some really reasonable real estate in this area. Much of it is not in an HOA, which for me, I really like. I'm not a big fan of HOAs personally. Um, but not a lot of homes come on the market, in large part due to people, again, not wanting to move from 
uh, from their large lots onto smaller lots. Um, and, and in addition to that, just thinking about it logically, um, there are fewer houses per acre than other parts of Greenville because they're on larger lots. I mean, my house is on almost one and a half acres. Um, so on the flip side, the house that I used to live in was 0.15 acres. I, my lot is literally 10 times the size of what my old lot was. Um, so they could literally fit, you know, the, the developer of my previous neighborhood that I was in could fit 10 houses on my one lot where I have one house. So there's just not as many homes in this area that come on the market uh, because there aren't as many homes for sale, not as many people interested in leaving the area. Um, in terms of shopping, Cherrydale is super convenient to this area, um, and it's improved really dramatically the past five to ten years. I, I told someone recently that I lived near Cherrydale, and they had some very negative opinions about Cherrydale. Um, I used to feel the same way. Not anymore. Cherrydale uh, has some nice, it's, it's big box types, uh, type of stores. Um, you know, we, we were talking, my wife was talking about when's Target coming to Cherrydale. I'm not saying that they are coming to Cherrydale, but it just feels like that is kind of the next logical step. We got all the home. I'm, I'm like three minutes away from Home Depot. That is phenomenal. I love being three minutes away from Home Depot. Um, you know, Chick-fil-A, uh, is nearby, you know, cookout is nearby. If you don't know what cookout is, uh, it is uh, very cheap, um, but uh, rewarding fast food, I guess. For me, it is. Um, anyway, Cherrydale, I'm, I'm a fan. It's very convenient. And Traveler's Rest is not very far either. If, if you want to get away from the big box stores, do more uh, boutique shopping, uh, more boutique style, uh, you know, mom and pop style restaurants, um, TR is not very far away. So the medium for this area, obviously I'm spending a little bit more time on this area because I live here, um, but we need to move on. The median uh, the past year was 326000 so a hair above the median for Greenville as a whole. Um, and that had a low of 71000 and a high of $2.5 million. Um, pushing out further east from the Overbrook area, so I'm, I'm kind of reversing uh, the direction that I, uh, that I started with before. So now... We're going to push out further from the Overbrook area. We have what most would call Eastside Greenville. Um, now, Eastside Greenville doesn't really have clear geographic boundaries, so I'm just going to define this area as loosely from Pleasantburg Drive on the west, Wade Hampton Boulevard on the north, uh, the borders of Taylor's and Greer on the east, which is kind of loose, maybe along Old Spartanburg Road, um, and then I-385 and I-85 on the south. Um, now, these areas... I tend to think of as Greenville's original white-collar suburbs. We talked about the blue-collar suburbs before on the west side of Greenville. On the east side of Greenville, you have what was kind of the developers, I think, originally had in mind to be the white-collar suburbs. As I've already said, those distinctions aren't really here anymore. Now it's more just what flavor of area do you want to live in. Um, homes in this area were typically built in the 60s and 80s. Uh, by developers in neighborhoods on lots, typically in the quarter to half acre range, typically, generally speaking. Um, so not huge lots, but decent size. You get, you get a yard, usually in East Side Greenville. Um, lots of ranches, lots of tri-level homes. Generally speaking, these homes are going to be in the 1,500 to 2,500 square foot range with a mix of HOA and non-HOA communities. Um, and, and there's plenty of new construction out in this area as well. I don't want to make it sound like everything is built in the 60s and 80s. There's plenty of new construction as well. 
Um, but when I think of Eastside Greenville, I, I think about those 60s to 80s ranches and tri-level homes. Um, proximity to just about everything is phenomenal in Eastside Greenville. Um, you've got proximity to uh, a variety of parks. Um, you're still close to downtown Greenville. You've, there's plenty of restaurants, both mom and pop and, you know, chain places. Uh, a good variety of grocery stores. Um, very close to shopping, Woodruff Road, Haywood, uh, Haywood Road, where the mall is, um, and all of this while hosting award-winning schools and being extremely accessible um, to both interstates. So Eastside Greenville, um, you know, it like I said, it was designed to be a white-collar suburban area. So you've got all this accessibility that uh, when this was built, that was what they were designing it to be. So. Um, I used to live in Eastside Greenville. Um, I loved my time there. It, I, there was, it never took me more than 10 minutes to get anywhere, it felt like. Um, and so that, that's a, a really cool feature of that area. The median price point for Eastside Greenville the past year was $360,000 with a low of $129,000. That was the lowest sale and the highest was $850,000. So that's a pretty close spread right there. You know, No million dollar homes were sold. Um, you don't really see that, generally speaking. Like I said, these are these are generally speaking going to be uh, homes that are 1,500 to to 2,500 square feet on quarter to half acre lot. So that just the the general demographic, uh, the the general uh, style of housing just means that the spread between the lowest and highest um, is not going to be as high as some of these other areas that we've seen. And, and generally, these homes are in neighborhoods. Unlike uh, the area that I just talked about that's near Furman, Wade Hampton, uh, High School, all of that, uh, Paris Mountain, those are generally not neighborhoods, right? Where I live, I'm not really in a neighborhood. Um, whereas on the east side of Greenville, these are pretty much all neighborhoods. Um, so there's a degree of you know being able to walk around your neighborhood, walk the dog, that kind of stuff. I, I can't really do that where I currently live. We just have, you know, busy streets. Um, so that that's a, a, a really key distinctive of that east side Greenville area. All right, um, moving right along, Midtown Greenville, um, which again, people don't generally call it Midtown Greenville. Locals don't. Um, but I, I think at some point it'll probably stick. Um, but I'm going to loosely define this as the sliver of real estate east of downtown Greenville between I-385, I-85, and Highway 276. Um, this is the area that most would think of as Greenville's main shopping corridor, as it is home to the Haywood Mall, Woodruff Road, and the Lawrence Road Motor Mile. So we've got the Haywood Mall. If you don't know Woodruff Road, that's where kind of like most of the big box stores are located, uh, the ones that aren't in the mall. And then, like I said, the Lawrence Road Motor Mile. Every city has some kind of a motor mile. Um, ours is located there on Lawrence Road. Um, this area um, is almost exclusively, at, as of like 20, 30 years ago, was almost exclusively commercial. Uh, primarily all these stores, restaurants, and the like. Um, and so the vast majority of residential construction is has been built the past 20 to 30 years. And it's generally high-density housing, townhomes, condos, etc. Um, there are some neighborhoods, for instance, Verde uh, immediately comes to mind that have single-family residences on small lots. Uh, that's more the exception than the rule, I think. Um, but but 
there are you you can get a house in this area. Um, it's just that's not as much what they're developing in this area now. Um, good luck avoiding an HOA here. Um, the the neighborhoods that uh, I just described, the East Side Greenville, um, and then north of of downtown Greenville near Paris Mountain, you can find homes that aren't in an HOA in those areas. You are not going to find a home that is outside of an HOA in this Midtown area. The past year, there were 130 homes sold in this area, uh, and only 10 of them were not in an HOA. And those were pretty much all in small developments that were originally built to be um, low-income affordable housing. Um, but um, all of that kept in mind, this area is as good as any, as you can imagine, um, just from the standpoint of accessibility, um, unparalleled access to parks, very close to downtown, um, incredible selection of restaurants, breweries, shopping, etc. But it comes at a cost. The median price point in this area for the past year was five hundred sixty-four thousand uh, dollars, with a low of two hundred thousand and a high of one point seven eight million. So uh, yeah, it's close to everything, um, but it it comes at a cost. This is one of the most expensive uh, areas that I looked at. Um, it was, yeah, it was second only to that Augusta Road, Cleveland Park, Cleveland Forest, Parkins Mill area, uh, which actually surprised me. I was surprised that uh, that this Midtown Greenville area competed uh, on price point with some of those most expensive uh, parts near downtown Greenville. Uh, but it did. Now, pushing out further south, we have uh, what I will loosely call the Donaldson Center areas. This is basically everything north of um, I uh, Interstate 185 south of Interstate 85, uh, but not including Malden. I did not include Malden um, as I was looking at this. Now, this area has one really great thing going for it, and that is Lake Conestee Nature Preserve, which is easily the best area to enjoy nature without having to pay anything um, and without it being strenuous. At Paris Mountain, you have to pay. Um, I, I think it's like, mm, it's it's not cheap. It's like uh, maybe $10 a person. Um Maybe not that expensive. Maybe five dollars a person. Anyway, it's pricey to go into Paris Mountain. Uh, Lake Conesty is on a donation basis only, so you don't have to pay if you don't want to. Um, and it's very flat, very level. Swamp Rabbit Trail cuts through there, um, and so it's it's a really great place to see nature without having to pay anything, and without having to really do anything very strenuous from the standpoint of of walking. Um, Little fun fact, Lake Conesty was actually created by, my understanding, by beavers that dammed the Reedy River and then caused that area to flood. A lot of lakes in our area are man-made. Lake Conesty is beaver-made. And so now it's a protected area with some great trails, boardwalks, um, and a lot of interesting birds, insects, etc. And as I already mentioned, it connects to the Swamp Rabbit Trail. Um, so... That being said, though, within this Donaldson Center area of Greenville, Lake Conesty is about all that you can do without going to another section of Greenville. Um, there, there's just there's not a ton to do in, in that Donaldson Center area, let's just be honest. Um, but that being said, it's only 15 to 20 minutes away from downtown Greenville, so um, get in your car and head up that way if you, uh, if you get bored. Um, you can generally expect to be in an HOA in this area with uh, a, a little less than two-thirds of the past year's sales involving a house in an HOA. Um, and the majority of the houses in this area that are in an HOA, so roughly two-thirds of the houses in this area, are less than 20 years old. But 
I have seen some homes in this area. I've shown some homes in this area that are very, very old. So there are some homes in this area that are knocking on the door of 100 years old. Uh, but most of them are going to be, it's been mostly newer development the past uh, 20 years that has sold in this area. Um, now, one major concern for this area uh, is the lack of grocery stores. It's been a complaint by residents in this area for a long time. You pretty much have to go to Malden to get your groceries, which isn't a big deal. Um, but it, it's you're not just, you know, staying within your little area uh, and getting groceries there. You, you do have to go somewhere else uh, to, uh, to get groceries. Um, the median price point for this area uh, was, the past year was 273000 with a low of 75000 and a high of 950000 And just out of curiosity, I looked at the median for the non-HOA properties, which are generally going to be those older homes, and that was 210000 So if, if you are looking for really reasonable uh, pricing, older homes in that Donaldson Center area um, could provide what you need. All right, now the last area that I'm going to discuss, this podcast has already gone way too long. I apologize for that. But the last area that we're going to discuss is the far western edge of Greenville between Whitehorse Road and the Saluda River. Um, this is a rural area. There is no way around it. It is a very rural, rural area. Some stretches feel like you're in the middle of nowhere. Um, otherwise, be, besides that distinctive feature, um, the types of houses and whatnot that you see in this area are very similar to what you'd find just on the other side of Whitehorse Road, which was that Berea area, that uh, Berea City View, et cetera, that we uh, talked about earlier in the show. Um, except, obviously, the housing is not as dense. Lots tend to be bigger. When you get west of Whitehorse Road, there tends to be fewer um, houses uh, per capita, which I don't even know if that's the correct use of that of that phrase, but you guys know what I mean. It's not as dense um, as you'll find east of Whitehorse Road in that Berea City View area. Um, the shopping si- situation is very similar to Berea City View, etc. You're not going to find a whole lot of shopping west of Whitehorse Road. You pretty much have to go to that Whitehorse Road corridor to get to a Walmart, to get to a, uh, a you know a, a chain store, a big box store. Um, obviously, you have those great uh, ethnic grocery store options that I already mentioned, um, and so. Uh, that's that's what you're going to have to do. If you want to go to a more boutique type of store or type of grocery store, you're going to have to drive a little bit. Um, you're, you're not very far from Easley, which has some other shopping possibilities that m- might appeal to some. Um, but again, Easley is mostly going to be the, the chain and big box stores as well. Um, there are not very many parks in, in this area. Um, but there is a Saluda Lake and the Saluda River nearby, and and so there are some water activities such as tubing, kayaking, things that people wouldn't have considered doing a few years ago. Um, but that is becoming a little bit more mainstream now. So um, so I think that that could be interesting for some. Uh, the median price point in this area was two hundred thirty-five thousand, with a low of forty-five thousand. I'm sure that one was a fixer-upper, um, and a high of six hundred. 50,000. So this is a, a more affordable area. If, if you're wanting to be uh, relatively close, you know, within 30 minutes of downtown Greenville, um, but want a more rural experience, this and, and cheaper housing as well, this could be a great option for you. Um, that area west of Whitehorse Road, um, but east of the Saluda River. Um, so that's it. Hopefully, that was helpful for uh, for some of you guys to kind of get a general overview of the various areas of Greenville. I'd like to also 
hopefully next week do the same exercise um, but with areas like Malden, uh, Simpsonville, Five Forks, Traveler's Rest, etc. Um, we'll see. We'll see if I have time to get to that. Um, for next week, I will for sure be doing that at some point, though, here in the near future. Um, but I hope that that was helpful. Let me know what your thoughts were, if you have any uh, strong opinions, uh, if, if you thought that it would have been helpful for me to cover something else. Um, feel free. My contact information is in the show notes, and that's how you can give me that specific feedback. But I'd also like for you to give positive feedback on the Apple Podcast app. Please leave a five-star five rating. Please leave a short little review. Please subscribe to the show. Don't miss uh, any future episodes that I put out. That's it for this week. I hope you guys stay safe, and we will talk again next time.